0: Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Where is your life headed? Where are you going? What is your goal? What are you willing to give up to get there? What... Assets, do you count as your own in being able to reach that goal? What have you got going for you? Your name? Your reputation among your neighbors? Your family? Your legacy? that you have built up? Your character? What are your assets? What do you have going for you? Maybe you have hanging on your wall or in a special memory box someplace, a certificate of perfect attendance in Sunday school. Maybe you have a blue ribbon from first place. Maybe you have a diploma on the wall. Trophies on a shelf or in a box in storage. (laughs) Items such as these record your accomplishments. They bring you a certain pleasure maybe even a little bit of pride. They may serve as conversation pieces. However, they're unlikely to be the first things that you would go in and grab if there was a house fire and you had to make a quick exit. You don't take them on vacation with you and you're unlikely to have them buried with you in your casket. The value of items such as these are in how they have shaped you as a person. They represent the work that you put in toward achieving a goal, toward growing as an individual. And that work itself is preparation for future accomplishments. That is, the person that you became after having achieved those things helps you then to be prepared for going the distance. Lifelong learners and all that. The stuff of real substance, we would say, the things we value most, the things that would actually make it into your obituary, those things can't be hung onto a wall or put on a shelf. They're typically more relational. Your education, your work, your church, maybe even travel, volunteering, certainly your family, your friendships. A life rich with those experiences, those relationships is that to which we aspire. Hashtag life goals. Like you, like us, Paul of Tarsus valued family, valued his faith. He was born with high privilege as he saw it. Being born a Hebrew of the people of Israel. He had deep roots and he could tell you about his ancestors all the way back to Benjamin. And he didn't take this privilege for granted He took it seriously. He had his goals, his roadmap for success. He committed himself to the teaching of the Pharisees. The legacy that was passed down to him from his teachers had a sophisticated spirituality. It valued holiness of living and a strict adherence to the law of God. He was a model disciple following these teachings to a tee he probably had perfect attendance in his synagogue school class <laughs> and paul was passionate about this life that he lived So zealous was he that he persecuted those who threatened to mislead his brothers, his Hebrew brothers, according to the flesh. Mislead them by believing that Jesus was the Lord, the Christ, the Son of God. See, Paul had life all figured out. He knew who he was, he knew what he was to be about. Moreover, he knew who God was, and he knew what God wanted him to do with his life. The only problem was, he was wrong. When Paul least expected it, an encounter with the crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ changed his life forever. Paul's life was turned upside down in a moment. It was a complete reorientation of his life. This is what it means what Jesus means in our gospel lesson today, where he says, The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. Paul learned that in spades. Whatever gains Paul had, he came to regard as loss for the sake of Christ. No longer did he consider himself as possessing any righteousness in and of himself. All those things that he thought he had working in his favor, his list of assets, right out the window. He came to see them as nothing. As rubbish. All the best that Paul had to offer of himself, his heritage, His obedience to the law, his zeal, he now saw that it all amounted to a pile of dirty rags. How can one come to such a radical conversion, such an abrupt turnabout? Not by some force of will. Or a program for growth and excellence. For Paul, it was nothing short of death. Paul's encounter with the living Christ changed everything for him. And like a runner in a race, he didn't look back. Rather, he pressed on, seeing in his trials, His tribulations, a sharing in the sufferings of Christ and looking with faith for the consummation of his hope, sharing with Christ in the glory of Jesus' resurrection. Now, for Paul, all that mattered was Christ, crucified and resurrected from the dead. By faith in Jesus who had made Paul his own. Paul pressed on, come what may, with the goal of his own resurrection to eternal life, front and center. His eyes were on the prize and nothing was going to divert him from that. So I ask you again, what about you? Where are your eyes fixed? Where are you headed? Where is the trajectory of your life taking you? I hope your answer is Jesus. <laughs> because unless it is Jesus, you will find, as Paul did, that it all amounts to rubbish. My Greek professor in seminary discovered that this was the case for him. He had a six-figure income and all the power and privilege that goes with that, complete with a whole rack of power ties that he would put on with pride By the time I met him, he was no longer wearing a tie. He'd button his button all the way to the top. But he had given all those symbols of status away. Along with that six-figure income. You don't make six figures when you're an adjunct professor in biblical Greek. Go figure. (laughs) After an encounter with Jesus, he walked away from that path. That he was on to take up a radically different path. His license plate was a transliteration of the word in Greek doulos, which means slave. And this was the same for the Apostle Paul, the nickname that he liked to go by. In fact, at the beginning of Paul's letter to the Philippians, he introduces himself, Paul, who's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus. A radical reorientation of his will. No longer was my professor chasing after the things that money could buy, he was pursuing Christ, who had pursued him, who had made him his own. And for him, that was everything. Just as he did with Paul and with my professor, Jesus is determined to make you fully his own. He preaches his word to you. Repent and believe the good news. To knock you off your high horse. Strip you of all of those possessions that possess you. To take from you your pride which poisons you. Jesus confronted Paul with his word on the road to Damascus. And Jesus came to you with water and his word and holy baptism meeting you where you were dead in your trespasses and your sins and giving to you that free gift of eternal life the forgiveness of your sins claiming you as his own now if you will admit it and even if you don't All you have is Christ. That's it. And he is all you need. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end of your life. He is the source of your life. He is where your life is headed. All our growth in holiness All your progress in this spiritual life comes down to grappling with and submitting to this truth. Christ Jesus is your life. As St. Patrick said, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise. Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. May this prayer be ours as well. So forget what lies behind. Whatever is in the past, leave it there. Good or bad, leave it there. Forget what lies behind and strain forward for what lies ahead. The day of your resurrection. Yes, press on in faith toward that day when you will behold with your eyes what now you have only by faith, Christ Jesus, who has made you his own. In the name of Jesus, amen.